This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? Clean sheet, I call it, is uh, one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see Holt fans here. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh it happened! No! Hit leg! Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? It's the Euros Awards. Are we over the Euros? We're about to find out. I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And this man is to the Euros 2020 Awards what Billy Crystal was to the Oscars in the 90s. It's Michael Mart. Hello. How are we? Billy Crystal was all over the Oscars in the 90s, wasn't he? It was just pure wall to wall. He was great. More so than films. Yeah. I've watched every single year since 1996. I stay up, I take the Monday <laughs> off work, and he is very sorely missed. Really? Was he your best ever Oscars host? Oh, he's amazing. He was the delightful Billy Crystal. He's just so good. Those opening intro links and montages that he would do were just... Oh, highlight of the film calendar. Well, well, well. Well, there we go. If you wonder why I'm so quiet, it's because I can't even open the emails. That's how much I'm struggling to get back into life after <laughs> the Euros. Um, why don't we get into things with a bit of correspondence? I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Okay, well... 
It's all very exciting, isn't it? The old uh, world of half-time energy surges. Oh, Are we excited about more information on half-time energy surges? Because here it is from Matt Parry. Hello, gents. Great podcast, by the way. Just wanted to let you know, the huge half-time surge in power usage is not down to additional kettles being boiled, but the extra demand on water pumps as millions of toilets are flushed. I used to work at the National Grid. There we go. Wow. All that mystery, all that myth. That makes so much more sense. Way more people are going to the toilet than having cups of tea. Yeah, but also the toilet pumps are electric. It's just a mechanism in the cistern, isn't it? <laughs> no, but I suppose your boiler, well, it's not even a boiler, is it? Yeah. Do you flush your toilet with hot water? That- <laughs> I feel it does a better job. Are you job. that upper it class? A, it does a better <laughs> job. Obviously, that has, if anything, made it more complicated and I know less about the situation as it was. <laughs> However, Adam Wood writes, hello all. I would, in hope of lightening the mood after the weekend and following on for last Wednesday's episode, please see attached the energy usage during England v Denmark from the Western Power Distribution LinkedIn page. Why this is slightly better than the previous one that you had is that it shows the normal usage versus the usage that day. Also breaks down into regions, showing a much bigger half-time spike in the East Midlands, whereas there's a much bigger spike in the West Midlands at full time. Explain that. Southwest obviously doesn't like tea as much as the Midlands, or obviously shitting, according to the other guy. <laughs> They're shitting. As a, I can only... as a spike, there was nowhere near. I can only view the surge now in terms of people shitting. Can you? It's got to be, isn't it? It makes complete sense. Okay, well, we'll put a couple of these on our Instagram, but I'll just give you an example one. This is the West Midlands. It's a really lovely piece of graph. I can't wait to publish these on our Instagram, which is at quickly, Kevin, all one word. So this is England v. Denmark's power distribution versus the previous day. Wow. And what I find interesting about that is it does peak at half time and at full time. But overall, the power is lower throughout, apart from a, a brief moment at full time when it overlaps. So essentially, the football is meaning less power is used. Because in my mind, it was like, how are they going to deal with the power that they don't even, they, they've never experienced the power of a full time before? But no, it's, it means there's less power being used. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'd love to know why that is because I would assume, well, I mean, I guess people are doing less activities around the whole house, perhaps. Like it's all concentrated on one. Yeah, exactly. I think people are stationary yeah. in front of their TV. And a lot of people are out. A lot of people are at the pub, whereas yeah. they're not. Yeah. Not flicking yeah, on all the lights point. in their yeah, house, they're yeah. in one room or at the pub. Yeah. Do, do you know what? As much as talking about like usage being down, I um when I drove over to your house, Josh, to watch the final, I'd left it quite late, and I was like, "Oh, we're going to get caught in traffic. This is going to be a nightmare." It was my fastest ever run to your house. Of course, it Did was it in about ten minutes. Of course, there was yeah. no one on the road. It was a ghost. It's like twenty-eight days later. <laughs> it was exactly that. I wonder yeah. what it'd be like walk. What it would have been like to go for a walk. At half eight on Sunday night. Well, you did it for the Columbia game in the 2018 World Cup. You walked out in the middle of a penalty shootout. Yeah, there was no one about. There was no one about. Absolutely no one about. (laughs) All you can hear really is the the roar of pubs, the occasional roar of people in the pubs. Oh, good times. There we go. I'd I'd love to hear like, just to be in the middle of London or in a field somewhere, could you hear the country cheer when Luke Shaw... I'd love to be in just random places in the middle of a park somewhere and just hear the sounds of London or the sounds of a city as Luke Shaw scored that goal. 
Well, Alex Brooker said to me, he was at Wembley, he said it's the loudest he's ever heard a sound. <laughs> a sound. <laughs> when Luke Shaw scored. He oh. said he's never heard anything like it. One more Wonder- thing on yeah. the uh, one more thing on the power. This is from Alex Mount. Um and uh the, he, he starts by thanking us for the podcast. He says, now the real reason I'm emailing toilets. I thought of your podcast the other day when I learned that not only does the national grid surge at half time, but reservoirs lower because so many people go to the loo and flush. Someone on James O'Brien, who works as a project manager for a water company, even said they cancelled plan works as a result of the Germany game because water levels were too unpredictable. Wow. It's That's time mad, to the toilet it? usage, isn't it? Everyone's been banging on about cups of tea. They were hiding the dirty truth. And the nation comes en masse. Such a British thing to do, to to be causing problems because you're shitting, but so embarrassed that we blame it on cups of tea. Do you think like they were trying to look into why the energy was surging? They went, yeah, it's cups of tea. And someone went, no, wait, I think people should No, it's cups of tea. Don't stop. <laughs> we love Don't tea. It's tea. Shut up. Player Regent, another one of our top topics of the tournament. Uh, Adrian writes, uh, I am surely not, and he's not the only person, to say that Kasper Schmeichel is surely a regen of Peter Schmeichel. The only difference is that Kasper's aerial ability and positioning are 20. Um, <laughs> would you buy that one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's less fun, but I, I, I absolutely buy it. Although what I will say is the stats don't change. So technically, if you're going to have a bit of fun at Peter Michael's expense, right, it doesn't service the joke, mate, all right? <laughs> Can I just say also, oh, sorry, I can't find your name, but thank you for emailing in. Um, you, do you remember uh, the Ronaldo? What was he called? Ronaldo. Ronaldo Vieira. Yeah, Ronaldo Vieira. Uh, someone emailed in to say that his twin brother is called Romario Vieira, and they were both born in 1998. <laughs> uh, that's lovely. That's really nice. Uh, really nice. Do you want some positivity? Yeah. Go on. Hello, lads. Nathan Drew. I'm surprised that Chris hasn't bought this up, but he's being followed by on Twitter. I'm just going to send you the screen grab. I know exactly who this is going to be. Yeah, yeah. It's the little blue, car, the little car from the Euros. You are followed by the elite. You are followed <laughs> by the official but, account of the tiny football car. And it, the little car tweets. It's been tweeting me. I could say, yeah, you're right. Why haven't I bought this up? <laughs> you know what it was? Because I, about halfway through the tournament, after the little car had disappeared, I tweeted. I still think about that little car all the time. And um, then someone t- added the little car. And the little car like waved at me, and then the little car was just tweeting me. The oh was, wow! Tweeted me a couple of times. God, he's not going to sleep with your little car. I, but <laughs> you know, I will say this: it's not the little car, guys. Just it's a marketing ploy. I know. Oh, I know. My word. Oh my I know. word! I know. Um, also, how's the little blue car verified? And I'm not. It's been on the scene five <laughs> minutes. We've been doing this four years. Do you want? To uh, end this with a good omen. Terence Davidson. Hopefully it's not too soon for your heartbreak to let you know there are great omens for England's chances of winning. World Cup 2034. How many years it hurt is that? This year is the fourth time a Euro World Cup final has gone to penalties. In 1994... Italy lost to Brazil. Twelve years later, they won the World Cup, beating France on penalties. 
12 years after this, uh, last France won the World Cup. The only previous time it happened in the Euros was 1976, when Czech Republic beat West Germany. Obviously, there was no World Cup 12 years later, the next closest being 1990, which, as you know, was won by West Germany. Having lost on penalties, England are now on a lock for 2034. 68 years of hurt? I mean, yeah, it's unlikely we're still going at that point, but <laughs> we should probably do a kind of reunion special if yeah. uh, if it does come around to that, and we'll see. There's a slightly dodgy piece of maths in the omen, just so you know. <laughs> Go on. Right. He's gone, so 94, he's gone to... 2006, right, which is correct. Uh, 2006, he's gone to 2018, which is correct. But uh, West Germany, 1976, he's gone to the nearest World Cup, which is 14 years. Really, he should go 12 years, which is Euro 88, which Germany didn't win. Uh... It's almost like it's not a science. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you for all of your emails throughout the tournament. It's been an absolute joy. Um, Keep them coming because uh, we'll be back soon. In fact, this is how to get in touch, and then we'll tell you what we're getting up to. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin, and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. So this episode, our uh, Euros Awards, which we weren't planning on doing, but we did feel... You can't end in the way we ended. You can't end on that note, no, can you? No. So this this is a bonus episode <laughs> that we felt would bring a positive end to the tournament. Yeah. Uh, but it brings to the end our Euros um, marathon, which was uh, genuinely a pleasure to do for you. Uh, I hope you've all enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with a new series. Um, we're just going to have a few weeks to, uh, to regen. And um, we'll be back as Romario Skull. <laughs> and Casper uh, Michael. Uh, that worked much better than I thought it was going to. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, but until then, uh, there'll be all the usual episodes out on uh, Patreon. Uh, we've got uh, Gary Mabber, and also we're going to do a film club this month about R- the Roberto Baggio biopic. What's that called, Michael? Uh, I think it's just called The Divine Pony or Baggio The Divine Ponytail. Of course it is. That's all it could be called. So we're doing those just, on. Hang our... on Josh, did you just say we're, we're doing Gary Mabber? No, I swear I, you just said I'm doing. Did it. I say Gary Mabbott? You, you yeah, did what, say Gary Mabbott, and I was oh, like, what, wow. "What are you trying to say?" <laughs> yeah. Sorry, are we doing Gary Mabbott? Uh, what I mean by that is uh, Steve Barnes, uh, the Steve Bruce, Steve Barnes books. <laughs> Can't tell you how tired I am after the Euros. Oh, um, also, in that time uh, before we start again, uh, we will be sending out the bits of merch, the three bits of merch uh, that uh, are coming out now, and also on top of that, uh, Michael. It was too much during the Euros, wasn't it, to manage to do this year? Let's be honest. We didn't understand what doing three podcasts a week and editing them would in- involve, did we? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, although it was fun and one of the best summers of my life, the workload was insane. So we had to put a pin in the uh, proposed championship manager Euro 96 tournament. However, it is coming. It's going to fill the gap between this episode, which is the end of the Euros, and the start of the new main series. So keep an ear out. Everyone who's a Patreon will be eligible to take part and the draw is happening very, very soon. Thank you for bearing with us. We'll be honest with you. We didn't quite understand the the uh, effort of doing three podcasts a week. It was fucking intense. Uh, so, but glorious. I but glorious. It. Intense but glorious. And uh, we really enjoyed it. And we loved all your emails. And uh, thank you for all the nice comments, etc. We'll, we will... I mean, we could say this now. 
we'll be back in Qatar, won't we? Oh, 100%. It's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. And, yeah. and me and Michael have one, one eye on an outside broadcast there, maybe around the quarterfinal semi-stage. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I do, we'll find a do, double, do double check what you're doing legally in Qatar because I don't want you to, <laughs> to never come back from Qatar. <laughs> what a way to go down. Well, I do not want you to anger be in television or whatever it is that Gray and Keys are on a second pirate broadcaster. Imagine him putting the slammer and then you hear footsteps down the corridor as Keys and Gray. Oh boy, we're off down the dungeon. Yeah, what you hear played for a boombox is the uh, the jingle to uh, I've got the keys that we we made, (laughs) just announcing his arrival. Uh, So that's what we've got planned. Uh, Thank you so much for all your support. We couldn't genuinely have done it without you. Um, And we wouldn't. It would have been insane. Now we come to Chris Skull's End of Euros Awards. Chris, can we have some awardy music, Michael? Right. Here are some awards. We'll just just go through them one at a time. We'll discuss who's going to win. Okay. Uh, Each one. The first category is player we will never hear of again. Who would like to go first? Who are the previous winners? Who are the previous winners of this? <laughs> I suppose Toto Scalacci has got the lifetime achievement, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Who are we going for the one that will do... I think Paborski would have a, a shout. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'll I'm i pick first if that's okay. Okay. Because uh, I think there's a Paborski link in that. I think this is a nation that has I, I, provided... I'm going for the same pick. I think I'm, I'm going for the same, for the same guy. <laughs> I think we're going for the same guy. Okay, fine. <laughs> And I think for me, he's the new Milan Baros. Like it's it's a nation that has provided a lot of players at major tournaments that are then signed for often a Champions League club for far too much yeah. money. Within a season, they've dropped down the pecking order, and then they're shipped off to some mid-level European <laughs> club, or you know, Sam Allardyce signs them. Uh, and yeah. for me, that person is Patrick Schick. Yeah. Yeah, got it written down right here. I'm looking at the words. He's absolutely, he's absolutely done a a grand slam. And I tell you what, if one thing could seal this guy to oblivion, it's the fact he's linked with West Ham. <laughs> is he linked with West Ham? <laughs> if, if, if we pull this, if we pull this off, this is the most yeah. accurate award ever given to anyone. Yeah, For, forty million from Bayer Leverkusen you're going to pay and he's going to get seven goals in one and a half seasons before he goes back to the three of those seven and a half goals three of those seven goals will be in the league cup yeah in a a hat trick in a hat trick in like November where people go this is it he's found his form (laughs) Um, okay what's the next award okay next award is game that was the biggest waste of 90 minutes of your life now England, Italy uh, in the final. Do you um, think? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually picked an entire team here. Maybe I'll go first. What do you mean? A team? Every game I watched these play, I was like, oh, that wasn't very oh, yeah, it right. wasn't a good okay, match. Yeah. I thought you'd picked it player by player. <laughs> no, the most boring potential to, to the left back. The I worst enjoy team watching. of the tournament. If you've done that, Scott, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, the team that I just... Every time they were on, I was like, oh, this is a rubbish game. Austria. Do I think every Austria game was just like, oh, this is rubbish. Yeah, I, I can't even remember any Austria games, really. North Macedonia. Oh, well, they won. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. So many bad matches. Holland, yeah, they, they got done they, by they Holland. Lost, yeah, they lost 2-0 to Holland. Then they beat Ukraine 1-0. It was, yeah. 
I see where you're coming from. They also they don't really have a sort of that plucky underdog vibe about them, Austria. Yeah, you can't buy into them in the same way that yeah. you would another nation at a similar level. Yeah, for me as a whole, I've loved this tournament. Before I started, I said oh, I'm going to make a vow to watch every minute of every game, and I, I did it not live. I did some of it on catch up, but I have seen every minute of every game. Yeah. But the second game of the tournament, which was uh, uh, two o'clock on the twelfth, Wales uh, was Wales versus Switzerland, and it was a one-all draw, and that really made me question my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> because not only was the game like really poor, it also felt like partly because of the format of the third place teams going through, it just felt like nothing was at stake. Yeah. Luckily, that that feeling was few and far between over the rest of the course of the tournament. But it was one of those ones where you go, oh, I think this might be a shit tournament. Yeah. It's the, it's the only one that I look back and go, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was a slog. I think it was a great tournament. Um, but my choice is I didn't get to watch nearly as many games as I'd have liked to. So when I did, I got an afternoon, a Wednesday afternoon. And I was like, I'm getting to watch an afternoon game on a Wednesday. This is like, unheard of uh my daughter was at nursery and uh my baby was asleep and i watched uh finland nil russia one and it was so gutting (laughs) tell you what it reminds me of like if you've got your pocket money and you 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 spend it on the wrong album and you're like (laughs) oh god that was that was my one album i could buy this month and i'm i fucked it I totally fucked it. I watched yeah. Finland v Russia. How has that happened? <laughs> okay, next category. Uh, next category. So um, we're getting now as we will assess some of the broadcasters, but I wanted to give an award for the best VT. For me, it was the the. I think it was actually the first. It was the VT that they played at the start of the Ukraine game, which I think was the BBC's reflection of England versus Germany. It is absolutely sensational you send it to me earlier and i can say it's a different class to any other vt i've ever seen a tv company do because normally it's just you know the game set to meaningful music but it is a phenomenal journey through the history of the rivalry brilliantly yeah and there's that they've found like clips of like Sterling when he gives the ball away to put Muller through and then like someone comes up behind him and pats him on the head and they've intercut that with like Bobby Moore patting someone on the head in 66. How they've created this VT is sensational. We'll pop it on our Instagram so you can take a look. Yeah. Uh, Kevin. What I will say is it was eerily similar to what we did with our, our Germany game <laughs> and our coverage of it. So, you know, I'm not saying they were doffing the cap to quickly kevin but i'm not saying they weren't either <laughs> we need for, for qatar we need to think of ways for P- vt editors who listen to drop a little easter egg in that did not oh, back yeah. to us yeah. we need to like a bit of footage or a piece of commentary that yeah. no one would spot but we, we would all know oh you'd be, like let us know you're in our gang so let's talk about the next awards goal best goal of the tournament what are you going to give it to josh want to go first obviously context is important so it's between two for me. So I, I, it's between Luke Shaw in the final because I don't think there's anything more glorious than wing back crossing to wing back to volley home after two minutes of a final. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But in terms of iconic, I think it would be, and he, you know, he's he's very much having a uh, 
a night where uh, the uh, the covers will be him ho- holding uh, six Oscars, but Patrick Schick might actually get a second uh, <laughs> award here. <laughs> He's very much the Titanic of the evening, isn't he? In that he uh, I think the long shot against Scotland, it's so iconic already in my mind because it just sums up a situation where just Scotland just can't get out of the group for love nor money in these major tournaments. In the same way, we can't win. And whatever we do, we lose in a kind of hilarious way. The same happens to Scotland just in the group stages. So I'd say <laughs> pa- Patrick Schick's goal, well, A, it's obviously an amazing goal, but B, you know, it's also got great context, I think. And I think the way that Marshall just collapses into that netting. Oh, yeah. it, we've said it the, All the net stuff it is, is just beautiful. <laughs> it's just, it's a wonderful icing on what is already a very lovely cake. It really makes you go, come on, Neil Sullivan. You bet he gave nothing <laughs> to catch that ball by David Beckham. Yeah. He, do you know what? Neil Sullivan, actually, on reflection, he does make that make that goal seem less good, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's just like, uh, like, he doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> I thought exactly that about the um, David Seaman and the Ronaldinho goal. I, I think I'd have less bitterness towards Seaman if he'd sort of, like, half-garrotted himself in a test <laughs> to, to clear it. But he just sort of, like, the fact that he, as we've discussed, lays down, like, a sort of a catalogue model. He's just sort of so relaxed about it all. It's like, I want to see him tangled up in that web, just humiliating himself. Because then what you do is you go, uh, I'm less inclined to blame him. I'm just so amused by the spectacle of this that I can almost forgive him immediately. Do you know what? Hang on. We've been criticising Schmeichel a lot for getting lobbed. But David Seaman was also lobbed a lot. Yeah, he was. He was like, Naeem. His reaction to the Naeem lob is to basically do what, do what Frank LeBeouf did. He cocks an arm up and just lies like a like a playgirl centerfold on the on the goal line, having just been lobbed. <laughs> um, yeah, Seaman and Schmeichel, who are the best two goalies of the time, but the same Achilles heel. What's your best goal, Skull? <laughs> Got to give it to Patrick Stick, but you're 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 right about um you're right about Luke Shaw. But from now on, I'm just never gonna feel comfortable if ever the team I support score early on. In fact, if in big England games I'm going to be wanting it to be nil-nil after five to ten minutes. Close out the first ten minutes and then we can play on. I know. Trippier against Croatia. Shearer against Germany. They're hard. Sure, scoring that goal is going to be a hard-to-watch memory now because we we will remember how we felt in that moment and know that over the ensuing hour and a half, it all went wrong. Oh, man. But so for that reason, and because it's funny to see the Scottish... uh, Demoralised in their own home ground. I'm going to give it to uh, Patrick Stick. Uh, who are you going to give it to, Michael? Uh, similar choices for the same reasons. So I think Patrick Stick is the sort of the best goal technically. And it was one like, fuck, did, did you see that? But yeah, purely on an emotional level, the second goal against Germany, just I've never... A goal has oh, never yeah. affected me as much as that. And I include Champions League final in 99 because... We just knew we just That's knew we were going to win. Then we knew we were going to win. Then, and it context is everything. But it was also you know being in the stadium, being with friends. Like it was such a perfect kind of Hall of Fame day that one nil up. You're like, great, this is great. But you just couldn't let go of the sense of we might blow this still. And the moment Kane scored that goal, it was just bedlam. It was just a pure relief and outlet of emotion that I've never experienced from a goal in a football match in my life. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go for that one. 
Do you know what? Michael's given such a good answer there. He's changed my mind. He's right. That Kane goal was that there was so much tension released in that moment. I think it's one of the best goals I've ever I've ever seen live. Incredible. You're right. How can you give it to anything else? Well, that's do you know what, do you know what's happened there to uh, carry on the Academy Awards theme is that you guys read out Patrick Schick like it was La La Land. <laughs> actually, I've come on stage. You've gone. No, it was, it was sorry, guys. It was Moonlight. It was Harry Kane. It was Moonlight. <laughs> Um, should we talk about best match? I'm not like because you could go through the whole thing on emotion in the way that Michael did the best goal. I'm not going to go with even though England v Germany was my greatest ever experience at a football match. It's not the best match ever. Do you know what I mean? It's not the best match of the tournament. I'd like to nominate really. I know this is a, a slight cheat, but I think you have to nominate best afternoon into evening as the Spain, Croatia, followed by France, Switzerland. Oh. It's surely, surely the best r- run of two matches in a day ever at a major tournament. Wow. Yeah. Great. I think that's a great, great shout. I had picked France versus Switzerland as my game yeah. of the tournament. Mm. Actually, that, that double header, it was like back-to-back Champions League semi-finals that delivered yeah. on the football, on the hype. It, like Every narrative, mini-narrative, overreaching narrative played into both of those games it was yeah it was amazing it was like how can you watch games like this and not love football yeah totally Totally. i i just picked the france versus switzerland game but what an afternoon you're right that france switzerland game had it all the last again they were three one down when the swiss got into the last 10 minutes pulled it back to three all then went on penalties mbappe missing that what an evening that was and i think this is slightly the so, you know, when we watched that England v Germany montage, it showed at one point, it flashed up Waddle, Southgate, the big name players that missed against Portugal in 2006, you never think about. And I think the reason it gets attached to Southgate or Waddle or even like Saka or Sancho or Rashford is these are players that aren't the biggest names on the pitch. And so, actually, that's when a penalty shoot, shootout feels cruel. When Mbappe misses, it feels hilarious. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when the biggest player on the pitch is the one that misses a penalty, I think that's the best thing that could ever happen in a penalty shootout. It's the perfect player to miss. Yeah, totally. And you always want, you're just rooting for the underdog. Because it doesn't matter to him. He's still the best player in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, fine. Yeah, totally. Um, Shall we talk about our player of the tournament? Yeah. Thoughts? Mine, I don't know whether this is a controversial choice or not, but uh, my player of the tournament is Calvin Phillips. Yeah. I thought he was absolutely incredible. I mean, I I wouldn't have guessed it. I thought he was incredible. The fact that he has gone from, you know, the championship to playing in the biggest or second biggest football tournament in the world and absolutely delivered every single game, never stopped running, never stopped shielding the fence. He's always hustling. But also the thing that really topped it off for me was when Saka missed the penalty. And then there's footage of him sprinting from the halfway line to get to Saka immediately as a sort of Italian yeah. players like run. They're not running sort of out or through Saka, but they they are sort of mobbing the goalkeeper and going past him. And at that moment in time, he probably felt like the loneliest and most isolated man in the world. Yeah. And you've got a guy whose first instinct is not, fuck, we've lost the final. 
it's like i'm gonna make sure he's okay and it just made me sort of like well up and it made me feel things about the sort of squad and this team and the sense of community and loyalty i was like oh yeah i like i i love that give me that over a a creative fair you know an mbappe all day long good pick good we get but we are getting dangerously close to analyzing the final again which i'm not prepared to do i i'll worry about mine then because mine is another i'd like to go for jordan pickford as my plan oh yeah yeah because i i think he was obviously there was doubts about him i think he was absolutely didn't make a mistake throughout the tournament. I don't think he can be blamed for the Denmark free kick. And if he can, it's marginal. He kept five clean sheets in a row. And then in the final, let's be honest, the Italy goal was off a wonder save from Jordan Pickford. Yeah, that save was incredible. It was like Gordon Banks against Pele. The ball was behind him. The reason he deserves this is because of anyone in the final, Jordan Pickford deserves to have won it because that was an astonishing save where he got unluckily punished and he saved two penalties in the shootout including from Jorginho to win it which is an incredible achievement again so I feel like Jordan Pickford of anyone deserves to have won the tournament and been on the winning team and for that reason I've chosen Jordan Pickford do you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but you know, uh, just before Jorginho took that penalty, there's a camera zooming in on Pickford's face and he's yeah. saying to himself before he saves the ball, no problem, no problem, no problem. Yeah. And then he saves oh, man. He saved two penalties in a Let's penalty shoot. Chris, stop, 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 stop yourself. <laughs> Who's your player you, of the tournament? You have just to choose come Modric with a trigger warning when you're just talking about the final. Just like Modric or something. <laughs> like Ronaldo, actually... he scored lots of goals. <laughs> yeah, and then we can all yeah, move yeah, exactly. on. <laughs> You remember that fast show sketch where the guy, the guy, the artist is like, whenever oh, someone black, says the word yeah. black, he d- it just triggers yeah. him and he has a full on melt. That's yeah. what I'm going to be like. I'm going to walk through life, but someone could just mention to me Jordan Pickford. Oh, that's it. Or send me off the cliff into Maine. Right. Who's your player but of the tournament? I've, I've actually gone for Joe and Luigi Donnarumma. So, uh, no. Scab. I just thought, I know. Yeah. We know what but, you think. Right. Best kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I've gone for the you Italians. Know what you thought. It deserved. It's fine. Let's I've move on. I've gone for the Italians because it's just a classy kit, isn't it? Oh, it's just what? really nice. T- <laughs> I like. I don't want yeah, to no, say it's this. True. It's true, but it's a it's beautiful just, kit. Just, the gold writing is just sublime. It's, it's a glorious. And, kit. It makes me sick. It's, and, uh, it's and the really manager. good. Do you know that? I love the Italians, though. I know we wow. lost them, but up until we played them, I was like, I love this Italian team. And yeah. There we go. And they've got the best kit. And that's for the players and for the management team. Yeah. I've got to say, I back you on this. Michael, for the hat trick? Uh, yeah. I mean, I interestingly, I've bought, I've bought four kits from the tournament. And I wondered if you guys would be able to guess like, which four. North Macedonia. England? Uh, yeah, England, obviously. I don't love the kit, but, you know, for the memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Italy. Yeah, Italy home, which I agree. Uh, it's just such a classy, deep blue. Like when you look at the detail, there's this really nice, like intricate floral tile motif in the stitching. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. I love it. Hands down, I think that was the best kit. None of the others jumped yeah. out at me. Is it Spain? Did North, North Macedonia have a funky kit? They did have a funky kit, and I nearly bought that one, and I still Okay. Might. But the other two That's I a bought. fun one as well, because they've not been in it before. Yeah. yeah, and I do like a sort of. Uh, I've got a lot of kits, and I do like a sort of rogue. Uh, 
hero or villain style kit that are often vilified and then 10 years later you're like oh god i wish yeah. i bought that kit uh, i bought the <laughs> portugal away kit which is the, oh, the green and white with the hoops which i think uh, is yeah, absolutely yeah, that's splendid that's and i think is a future classic no matter what people say and the other one i bought is the, the finland home kit i don't know if you oh, remember yeah, that no, one it's, it's basically the flag it's basically the flag it's got kind of uh like peru oh, home yeah, kit, you know, the peru sash like it's a really it's simple and i did need a new white top for five aside but it's a really just a really really lovely clean simple design but yeah for me italy is the winner all day long yeah lovely which brings us on to our final award of the evening the award for best channel so here we're considering who is the best host who had the best pundits who had the best commentators who wants to go for it? Michael, you go first. What are you thinking? Well, I think it's it's easy, isn't it? It's no contest on every category, and it's it's the old lady herself, the BBC. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think, it. Yeah, old auntie. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, Lineker is just a very, very yeah. smooth, classy broadcaster, as you'd expect when you've been trained in the shadow of, of Des. Although a friend of mine did point something out. I don't think we've talked about it, and he, I think he'll want to remain anonymous because he does work in the industry, but... Lineker sits like he's always hiding an erection. Once it's been pointed out to you, and I'm going to send you a grab. I don't have a oh, grab yeah. from um, the Euros, but I have a grab from a Champions League thing, which illustrates it. But once you've seen it, you will never not see Lineker oh, do wow. this. And it's like, I've sent this through, it's like he's got an erection in class and he doesn't want the teacher or his classmates to see. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does, it, like that, he yeah. does it all the time. We'll put it on yeah. the Instagram. So, you know, have a bit of fun next time you're watching Match of the Day or BT Sport yeah. or whatever. He's had, a, he's had a nightmare with, like, body parts and bodily functions at big tournaments, isn't he? Shat himself <laughs> in his early 90s. He's been hiding a boner ever since. <laughs> uh, I, best commentary team? Well, I'm, I would pick the BBC as my best channel, but the problem is... Because I do, naturally, I will always default to the BBC through, you know, in a way you support the BBC as strongly as you support West Ham, Manchester United and Plymouth. Do you know what I mean? It's ingrained in you from an early age. Yeah. But in reality, the best commentary team was Ali McCoyst and Clive Tildesley. I thought Ali McCoyst was phenomenal. I thought he's the best. I don't know how he hasn't been doing that for the last 20 years because he's the best co-commentator there is. And then... I will always love Gary Neville. He's amazing. And Roy Keane is absolutely the most entertaining pundit. So in a way, everything does go towards ITV, except if, except the host. Yeah. But I'd give it to BBC for making Clive Tildesley and Ali McCoy their B team. Yeah. And I also think, uh, not to be negative, but I think this is someone that perhaps deserves a tiny bit of fun poked to them for one reason I'm going to bring up, is that <laughs> Sam Matterface as lead commentator and it's sort of, desire to crowbar in a soundbite at every opportunity yeah. is kind of borderline insufferable there was one moment that we really enjoyed in the fan park during the denmark game when yeah. denmark were down you, to you would have men. missed this skull because you weren't watching it on uh, tv yeah. <laughs> but it, uh he he so denmark were down to 10 men because they'd made all their substitutes this was in extra time and a player was off the pitch with cramp and uh sam matterface said uh denmark have one less member of staff on the pitch <laughs> And the fact that a professional commentator can call a player, which is the, the go-to word. Denmark have one yeah. less player. It's one word. <laughs> Member of staff is three words, right, that he used it to describe that. That is enough on its own to be hilarious and relegate ITV. But immediately after that, he went on to say, uh, 
they only have nine players on the pitch. And then there was this sort of little beat of silence that was far too long before he officially went, uh, plus a goalkeeper, because <laughs> he miscounted <laughs> how many players were left. Oh, my God. And he's like, come on, mate. This is the fucking semi-finals. Um, I actually found the uh, the member of staff thing. And I don't have an axe to grind with Sam Matafoyce either way. But I found the member of staff thing genuinely confusing when he said it because I didn't know whether he was referring to players. Yeah, like, oh, I, oh, I like their, their kit man's gone home or something. Yeah, I was like, sorry, does he mean like they've lost their assistant manager and sent off or something? I don't understand what's going on. What, what was baffling was that that was the only reference to the fact that Denmark were down a man and he used the wrong terminology and then they never followed up on it because we were so confused in the fan park. It's like, what? So, so hold on, what's happened? Is someone injured or has someone been <laughs> sent off? Like, is it a player? What an absolute dropping of the ball on the highest <laughs> stage possible. Yeah. I just pictured like Tildesley sat there at home smiling away to himself like, oh yeah, you fucking prick. <laughs> Glass of red wine on the go. But I think Tilsley said himself is like you don't want like you've done a good job if people don't really notice the commentary. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. whether there's just a lot of attention on Matterface, but you just every every like soundbite and every kind of pre-written gag and or clunky bit, you're just like, whoa, it really jars, doesn't it? Because I don't know if you're just more. Well, I didn't really hear much. It. That was the only thing I kind of clocked. Really, that's the only commentary I really remember in the whole tournament. If someone said, "Name me a bit of commentary from Euro 2020," that would be the first thing I reached for. <laughs> Um, um, controversially, I'm not going to give it to the BBC. I do think, I, but like in terms of host, you've got to pick Gary Lineker probably over Mark Pugach. But I thought the pundits were really good on ITV. Yeah. Really, I mean, Roy Keane's Roy Keane doing a great impression of Roy Keane. Always good. Genev, good. Ian Wright, passion. Um, and a commentary, you know, with Tilds, Tilds in McCoyst. I'm just, I just think that ITV edged it. I just think they, they nicked it. Well, never, there we go. The problem is the ads, isn't it? You yeah, never, the they can never go toe to toe with the BBC because the they've ads. got the ads. They've got the ads. Do you remember when the semi-finals used to be on both channels? But now they've split those up as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. That, that surprised me actually. Do you have channel loyalty outside of the? Because um, I was thinking the other day about um, someone I knew when I was a kid. Their family was like just loyal to ITV, so they'd just watch ITV every night. They'd watch whatever was on ITV. I mean, that's mad. <laughs> so they'd just turn on the TV at Emmerdale and then they'd watch ITV and then they'd go to bed. And they loved ITV so much that they'd retuned the channels on their TV so that number one was ITV. No. <laughs> so when that's they turned amazing. it on, it, it was on ITV. Then they just left it on and then they turned it off and went to bed. What's your wow. mate's dad? Bob Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> it's Roland Rat. Yes, there right, we go. Do you know what? Just like maybe as a footnote, I was speaking to someone today and their their 12-year-old son had Sky Plused all the games and was now going back to start to watch them again. Oh, I love You're like, that. Oh, that is, that is oh. the great thing. I was like, wow. Of course, like... Kids now are just the same as I was when I was twelve. Yeah. Like watching, it, like like you were a tape in Italia ninety. Yeah, yeah. It still goes on. The next yeah. generation is here. They're enjoying it just as much. I would one hundred percent watch every minute of Italia ninety. If someone said to me, "Here's here's the tape, here's the files," famously the most boring tournament yeah. in history. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it in a heartbeat. You know I, I rewatched the England Italy final yesterday. All of it. 
What? I, How I wanted... you do... Who are you? Pep Guardiola? Like... <laughs> When Gareth Southgate said he's going to rewatch the final, and we'll, we'll end by not talking about the final. But can I just when Gareth Southgate said he's not going to, he's going to go and watch the final again, like that's his next thing. I just thought, how can you emotionally deal with that? But B, what do you reckon the context is? Where is he? Do you think him and Steve Holland are in the office, or is he like? How do you go, right, I'm going to put myself through that 120 minutes? Rather him than me. I can't imagine any context. I mean, how do you watch that back and not sob? I suppose Monday morning, 10 a.m., like you're back at work, get it done before lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, like when a horrible bit, a bit of work's hanging over you. Yeah, it was, it was a tough watch, but I, I wanted to watch it and my memory also not be purely emotional-based. I wanted to sort of have some understanding of the game because I just couldn't remember anything about yeah like were we to discuss it what happened in terms of like oh we scored early and then it was one all and then we lost on penalties that's all I could tell you yeah um, but actually it was quite uh, yeah anyway I'm not uh, going to be negative but all I'm going to say is questions were raised I'll just say swallow that big slab of disappointment Close that door, lock it up. We're heading back to the 90s. Let's go retreat back into the past where we're yes, most comfortable. But before Enough we of go, this. Before we go, Skull, <laughs> yeah. I've got to ask, and then you can get into this because I've realised I've, I've got to ask. At the start of the tournament, you said you wanted to do a Gareth Southgate redemptionometer, yeah. whether he had reached redemption or not. Yeah. Uh, we kind of abandoned that post Scotland. It was all getting a little bleak. <laughs> Do you believe Gareth Southgate has reached redemption? I'll offer you two words. Fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just, I just want to ask you, just double check your answer. So in the 50 years that followed, um, the World Cup 1966, we reached two semifinals. And in the space of three years, Gareth Southgate alone has bettered the achievements yeah. of 50 years by reaching okay. a semi and a final. And yet still, well, that's not enough for you. Have I you will... considered giving up supporting England? Because it's never going to make you happy. No, I will say, obviously, I think, of course, he's forgiven. And do you know what? Yeah. I, but part of me thinks, you know, he's got, he took us one better than you in 96. And who knows? If we got past Germany, we might have lost to the Czech Republic in 96. We might have lost on penalties yeah. or a golden goal. There's every who chance. Knows? I mean, the end of it is a crushing disappointment, but the collection of those brilliant moments between this first game and the last, there's more brilliant moments than there is that one sad moment. There's probably more brilliant moments than in any other tournament we've competed in. Oh, just even that night against Ukraine. So I heard a story on the radio today about a guy who's been shielding in lockdown. He's had his two jabs and he came out, it has been out a week before the Ukraine game. And he said he doesn't like football and he was walking down the street and he heard... He just—he didn't even like football, but he saw people watching the football. He put, he put it on the radio and he said that he had his feed in the radio was a couple of seconds ahead of the pubs. And he said he heard England score. And then he, he looked over to the pub and took out his headphones and saw the whole pub together cheering people arm in arm. And he said he cried. He felt so emotional, like seeing this moment and seeing everybody back together, friends in one place, having this collective moment. And we're all searching for these collective moments after what we've all been through. And we ha- we've had plenty of them. So the collection of all those moments, how can you not say thank you, Gareth Southgate? Thank yeah, you, England team. Totally agree. Thank you, football. Thank you, tournament football. See you in guitar.
let's get back to the 90s. Yeah, fuck this. Back, everyone <laughs> in the DeLorean. Close. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ghost of Christmas future, isn't it? You look around, you go, oh, take me back. Fuck. Yeah, take oh, me oh, back. Oh, God. We'll see you in a few weeks when we'll be going back to the best decade in the history of football yeah. when England achieved far less. But for some reason, we view it with so much more respect. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, don't forget, you've got Steve Bruce coming out really soon, plus another special at the end of the month. So stay tuned to Quickly Kevin. Plenty more content coming before the main series starts in August. Robbie Slater, see you later. Don't let! Hit let! Hit let over the top! This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.